Woohoo! Welcome back y'all it is time for another excellent episode of Saul's Talk. We have a great show for you Chaz Yards is here. Johnny is back on his bullshit but in a good way. Two episodes in two weeks who can believe it not me. In other news have you guys seen this weather lately? Summer indeed. Jesus Christ this banter is suffering. I am sorry. I have had my robot eye on a new chit-chat modulator for some time now but cheap ass Johnny says I don't need it and why don't I just read aloud some of the stuff he sends me from Truth Social. Cause I'm not a tool that's why Johnny with the freak ever. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. It's time for Sauce Talk. On the other line, it's Charlie Yorty, everybody. Charlie, how you doing? I'm good, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. No fucking around. Eat anything good lately? This is a tricky question for me these days. Because I've been seeing a woman who is lactose intolerant, gluten intolerant, and a vegetarian. So I've been eating a lot of unusual food that I've been trying to experiment with for her. And, I mean, a lot of it turns out pretty good. But I find that I'm already having a knee-jerk reaction to those quality meals that I'm preparing that she can eat. And for the latter half of the summer, when I have groups over uh, of friends who are none of those things, I've been using an electric smoker out on my back patio to make a lot of meat. Um, and the thing that I hit a home run with was uh, smoked chuck roasts. They came out so much better than I would have ever imagined. I had people telling me that it was like the best barbecue they've ever had. And I mean, it really, i it was the first time I ever even tried to do it. So it was just a complete lucky miracle. But I've also made some smoked pork spare ribs, smoked turkey legs that got way overdone. Um, and I've been just grilling and, and using the smoker every chance I get. So I've had a pretty meaty second half of the summer it sounds like you're making some excellent lactose free gluten free meals it's just that third box yeah that's a big one um first off the stuff you're making sounds delicious do you enjoy the smoker how do you how do you uh how much experience do you have with the smoker i've had it for probably like i mean i've had it since before i moved into this house so i mean i've had it for like nine years probably eight or nine years i got it as a christmas present completely out of the blue from my parents one year good christmas present yeah i had no idea how to use it i wasn't like experienced with smoking stuff but they thought i'd like it because i like cooking so um i went a long time only using it really intermittently and the last couple summers i've been thinking like well i i like this thing i'd like to get more use out of it and I'd like to use it, you know, better. If I knew how to use it better, I knew I'd make stuff that would come out better, I'd probably use it more, you know. And uh, this chuck roast thing, I've made ribs more times just because I, like, I made them, like, early on and realized how idiot-proof it was. Um, but the chuck roast was uh, miraculous. I mean, it just came out perfect. I don't know anything about... Chuck roast, but I used to make ribs. Uh, how does how does smoking ribs work? Do you, do you, do you do you sear them first and throw them in there, or do you just smoke them the whole way? I put them in just I I, I dry brine them, I guess, in the fridge overnight, wrapped in um, saran wrap, and then I just put them right in the smoker in the next morning, just like that, and let that's them cook beautiful. for a long time. Yeah, that's great. It sounds really good. Uh, Tell me about this lady you're seeing. Um, she is the sister of someone who's in my D&D group that I've been running for a couple of years now. Um, and the, the the woman in my D&D group is the wife of a guy who I've known for a long time. I knew him not very well, but I had met him before I even moved away from here and went out to Illinois for law school. So I reconnected with him and his wife and then like kind of, you know, hung out with them a little bit here and there, did board game nights with them. And then uh, he was one of the founding people in the group that I run. 
And after his wife got a chance to play in that game once when um, somebody wanted me to do like a, a birthday special game so that his wife could see what the game was about. So then it turned into everyone in the group recruited their wives to play in this like more lighthearted, like one time game. And afterwards, all of the wives agreed, yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, we're probably not going to want to do that again, except this one guy's wife was like, we're getting a babysitter from now on because I'm joining that game every week. And that then she left it. her husband for you. <laughs> no. Uh, she joined the game. She was like, we're getting a babysitter or you're taking turns with me because I'm playing this game from That's now That's awesome. On. She, was, she was exactly the right um, person for this kind of game. So anyway, it's that woman's sister. So um, I had met her a few times, but not a ton, before New Year's. And then over New Year's, uh, we hit it off. And then um, she started joining the game as well, along with, you know, obviously her sister and her brother-in-law are in the game. Um, and she has some of the same proclivities as her sister. So nerd likes, you know, Marvel stuff, science fiction stuff tabletop games, board games, stuff like that. Uh, we just went to the Renaissance Fair this past awesome. weekend. So if you're interested, I could text the text you or text the group a picture from the Renaissance Fair. I was going to say, historically, we have a good track record of amazing pictures of Charlie from the Renaissance Fair. So I, f I feel like anything we can get in this regard, we're going to be fortunate to get. That'd be wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, that also, that, that, that that's feeling like a good... I don't I, stereotype isn't the right word. Maybe just summary of how like what the reputation of Dungeons and Dragons stuff is, is that like if you just show it to 10 people with no real connection, eight of them will be like, that's pretty cool. I like that you guys do that. And two of them will be like, I'm going to change my life schedule around so that I can do this as much as I can do it. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it seems like one of those you happen to have one of those people got to come to this party, and then all of a sudden, here you go. We got people who are really enjoying this, and then also perhaps enjoying Charlie Yorty, which is all the better. You hope. You certainly hope. Well, I I have to like all my upcoming topics. I could transition into this really easily, but let's do this. Here's the upcoming topic I had planned already. To what extent is Dungeons & Dragons still a big thing in your life? How is that going? I feel like you've talked about this to some extent already, but uh, talk about it some more. How, how much D&D &D stuff do you do these days? It's a pretty big thing still. Um, I have ebbed and flowed with like how many games I'm involved in because I really started to get into it in 2018 when uh, – I joined a game in my coworker's neighborhood, and that was like the first time I ever like played. Like I didn't even know what it, what was going on. I just like showed up. I like went out and bought a book to try to figure out how it worked. You know, like the day before or something. Uh, and I've had up I had ups and downs with being part of that game for a long time, and finally extricated myself because the one guy that was the host was just like such a, a, a like raw nerved asshole like bully kind of guy that never grew up you know so like kind of like one of the shit. other stereotypes is like, yeah. especially like not only that like not only playing but running a game yeah and it's decided you know we're all gonna play by my rules all the time and maybe this is just my power fantasy more than it is your game just like a really weird like dude the kind of guy that legitimately thinks that he's still like the popular kid in high school and has to be like a tough guy that sucks like so so weird you know um, so I'm out of that, like almost that whole group, although I rescued one guy from that group and he nice. now, I, I started, so like I said, it ebbs and flows. So I started another game that I run every other Thursday, but not exactly always. Sometimes we, we bump it. Um, cause I wanted that guy to have a way, a, a life raft out of that group to come hang out with me and a couple of my friends that he doesn't know. And so that's been really good. Like that's just pure positivity. All the baggage of that other group kicked at the side. I've been doing this every other Monday night game with some people that I knew from a different, like early on, like, like back in 2018 group 
that I got out of for a while, and then I got pulled back in because I was hoping it would be different, and now, once again, it's not that great. It's not as bad as that, like, legit asshole person, but it's still, uh, it's like, people have baggage, right? And, like, some people, sure. people don't really hide their baggage so well in, like, a role-playing game because I think their brain flicks to, like, now I'm in therapy, so I'm going to start, like, exhibiting my whatever weird problems I have. And that's another group where there's some, like, conflict and some weird personalities. So I'm hoping to get back out of that game in the near future. I don't want to, like, torch bridges with that group as much because I do like those people. I don't, like, hate anybody. But I'm going to have a little bit more free time when I get out of that group. But the main thing is me running my game that's usually every other Saturday. Um, And that's been going on since October of 2018. So I don't know if you can see it if I turn my computer around, hopefully without disconnecting the call. But so far, so good. Set up for this Saturday because we are going into the 97th session of the campaign. That's awesome. That has been going on for that long. It started with two people plus the one guy's brother-in-law, who I had to kick out of the group after the second game because he was a crazy asshole. Great, great, uh, full circle. The the brother-in-law who I kicked out after the second session and reduced the group down to two people. That guy, at the time, had just recently, within the past couple months, got married to the one to the guy's uh, sister-in-law. Yes, sister-in-law. So let me use names because it's simpler. So Kyle's a guy I know. The guy he brought along was um, Zach. Zach had to get kicked out after the second session. Zach didn't act right. Zach didn't act right. Just like a month or two before we did that game in like October of 2018, Zach had married Tara, Kyle's wife's sister. Okay. Kyle's wife, Rena's sister, Tara. Well, that's Tara who I'm now seeing because Tara was getting verbally and physically abused by Zach and got separated last November. And so I met up with her after New Year's, and she's been getting divorced at the law using the law firm that I recommended that did my divorce. (laughs) You need a divorce. Let me hook you up. I agree. You need one bad. It's like, hey, I can recommend a divorce attorney that I used when I got divorced, and right around then was when I started playing D&D, which, by the way, do you want to join the D&D game (laughs) that I kicked your ex-husband out of? I'm not saying that everyone in Northern Virginia should get divorced and play (laughs) D&D, but it's so far working pretty good for a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if legitimately, like a full percentage point of the population of Northern Virginia would be happier if they did that. <laughs> I love it. That's so, that, so great. That game, after two sessions, was down to two people, and I had never run D&D before, and I would started playing like two months before that. And now that group is eight people, and I can barely fit them wow. on eight players, and then I'm the ninth person. I can barely fit everybody around the table in my basement. That was... Everyone's... That was going to be my next question. Are so you? I, I see this artwork on the wall. Does that mean I am to assume this is uh, to borrow a phrase? This is this is the room where it happens. Like this where you're sitting where now. Happens. Yeah, that's amazing. Let me give you a short, brief tour on this entirely audio medium. <laughs> Everyone, just sign up for the Patreon. You're going to get that video exclusive. But until until you start paying up, you won't see it. Oh, my, we, we, first off, we've got a. Is that some sort of dye lamp on the ceiling? Oh, yeah. So one guy in my group is an, an air marshal, a guy who <laughs> who is, like, really in most aspects of, his, aspects of his life not very nerdy, who got just captivated and joined this group and loves it. And he's more um, crafty than nerdy, but he, he constructed this lamp to uh, be an addition to the, um, to the game room. So that's the table. That's the area over there. This... Overall, it's just my awesome basement, so I've got my TV and my video game stuff and stuff over here. And then one of two bars in my house. This is the nicer (laughs) one, the downstairs bar. Let's retire to the upstairs bar. (laughs) What an incredible thing to be able to say in your house. That's amazing. I know, right? But let me show you one more thing. Okay. Specifically on the wall here. 
this actual original watercolor painting oh my I commissioned from a woman who went to UC Berkeley Art School and has an Etsy page and had her paint a scene from our game with all of the different players' characters as they described them. That is and so surprised cool. them with it as a Christmas present. Uh, I was just going to hang it on the wall as their Christmas present. It was not inexpensive. Um, but on top of painting and sending the original painting, she sent a bunch of glossy prints. So actually everyone got a frameable print of the Oh, that's so nice. Home. So, yeah. So that, the, the, yeah. the short answer to your question is it consumes a significant amount of my brain power and time. But it, it sounds like in an extremely positive way. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that is awesome. That was, I would say, all things told, a relatively concise answer to a pretty difficult question that I didn't know was as difficult as it was when I asked it. There's a lot of moving parts there, but I, I think you're doing really well with this stuff. Um What's your end game here? When do you guys go on YouTube? When do you start the Patreon? How do you when do you when do you start making the real money? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think our group is ready for prime time, uh, but I have started working on what is going to be a Christmas present for them at the end of this year, which is um, so you can go online and you can access these um, templates that people have made where you can kind of. You have to learn some amount of like HTML type coding to format it well, but you can, with a little bit of learning, make these nice looking, they look like, you can make publications that look like the things that you can buy, like something that would be published by the publisher of D&D Wizards of the Coast. You can basically make your own bootleg homemade versions of those things. And then you can pay a small time like print company to print you a little you know, self-published run. So I want to print them all like a guide, like legit, if I can get it and not have it be crazy expensive, a legit like hardcover book, like here, let me show you um, uh, an example of one of these books. So like, so like this would be, like, this would be, like, a cover. Okay. Like, lots of artwork inside these books. It's, like, is a it, good amount of text, yeah. tables, and artwork. Big, and, yeah, big pages with big artwork and tons and tons of stuff in there, yeah. Yeah. So you can get something. So so when I, when I format it, it looks like this. It looks just like the book. That's awesome. And then you can get it printed. I just don't know if printing it in hardcover to make it exactly like one of those books will be like prohibitively expensive because I've seen people online who've done it with um, smaller page size and um, soft cover and like spiral bound, which is perfectly fine. But I'm trying to do this not just as something that I'm going to keep doing regularly, um, more just as like a really special like Christmas present type thing. That's extremely cool. I was I was just going to say that at the end of there that uh, I remember years and years, this would have been forever ago, but like in big time blogging age, there was definitely a uh, blog that meant a lot to me that had a certain like running story where they eventually produced spiral bound, but a very high quality outside of that binding, uh, mm-hmm. but like with pictures and stuff. That they sold that I definitely bought eventually. That was, I I, I don't have it anymore, but it, it it was definitely a very big deal when I got it. So that that's that's an extremely thoughtful thing. That's really cool. You know, it, it it's much. I guess maybe this is a thing that will disappear over time, but at least for people who are as of extreme old age and you and as you and I, it still feels something to hold that in your hands and be like, this is actually. A story I feel involved with, like well, it sounds like in this case you probably wrote a lot of this, but it, it, for everybody involved, like this is their thing, and now it's not just something we talked about or something I saw on the internet, but I can hold this in my hands and I can go back and look at this twenty years from now if I want to, and that's awesome. I would say credibly, if I won the lottery, if I like really won the lottery, like won the mega millions, mm-hmm. and I had like hundreds of millions of dollars to waste. 
I for sure would spend my time. I would for sure spend some of my now like just whatever hobby I want to do is what I should do. I would for sure like write up these books and then just like waste money self-publishing them <laughs> to sell. I would, I guess I would kind of sell them. I would probably sell them for like inexpensive, but just to, I would try to write good enough stuff that people would want to consume it, you know, like actually buy them to sure. use. And, and maybe I would then be able to get a job with wizards of the coast, like a $0 a week, just free job, having fun, like contributing to the stuff that, that I already enjoy so much. Do you think that takes hundreds of millions of dollars? Um, no, but I think that if I like quit my real job and just tried to write stuff like this, I would not make literally any money doing it. Fair. I would be yeah. homeless. Um, I also probably, if I won a million dollars, would not waste any of it self publishing bullshit when I could like use it for something better. I think if I, so you win a million dollars, I assume that like 40% goes away in taxes, at least maybe 45, maybe closer yeah. to 50, something like that. I I think I would probably just make the 500K be my retirement and I'd be good. Like I know I, can, I, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would lead a lesser lifestyle than I do currently. And I'm not exactly living it up in 2022 but I, I feel like not working is pretty good that's why i wouldn't be blowing it on yeah. like thirty thousand dollars of self-published i think D&D you're thinking books. right here yeah it's when we get into like the third million now it's like well what if these first couple are like me having a lifestyle and then this other one is these books have to exist well see so let's say I'm, i was right on whatever that edge is between I can just retire and chill versus I maybe have enough money to like blow a little bit on something dumb and still I, it's it, that dichotomy between can I just straight up retire or not is pretty important. That's a really important dividing line. Yes. Exa- yes. If I was right on that edge I and I decided to pull the trigger and, and quit my job, I wouldn't frivolously try to write stuff that people would want to play. I would literally try to get a job at Wizards of the Coast paying money, and then I would have that job as my real job with the safety net of, yeah, I mean, my like, I kind of am in the expectation of in the realm of reality, I'm not going to either not going to like it because they're going to be like, okay, you can work for us as a regular person, but this job isn't actually that much fun. And then I'd be like, okay, fuck it, I'm not going to actually do it. <laughs> uh, or... If they're like, well, what will we don't even have a job for you, but if you want to try to freelance and sell us something, then you can work really hard on it, and then we'll, at the end of the day, we'll decide if we're going to buy it from you or not. And I would do that, and then if I failed, I could be like, okay, well, I didn't 100% need it. Yeah, I think that's the way. It, and then depending on what you make, there's always like you invest in the company, and it becomes worthwhile to publish things that – Perhaps under other circumstances, we're not super excited to publish, but maybe there's like a big note saying it's not an official thing, but we really do want to publish it and don't worry about why. There's there's lots of avenues here. I think that the real super great scenario is where I win $600 million and I buy Wizards of the Coast and I do go full Elon Musk, and I make them only publish stuff that I like, and I become, like, reviled by everyone because nobody likes the stuff that I want to do. Only I like the things that I think are fun. I, the issue there is that the real Elon Musk move is to love Wizards of the Coast and then say you're buying it and then be like, just kidding. I'm actually just going to try to ruin Wizards of the Coast by not buying it now and completely tanking everything about the company. Even though ostensibly it sure seems like I loved Wizards of the Coast like three months ago and it was like my favorite thing. But also I am going to ruin the company by backing out on this. I'm really sorry, guys. Just kidding. I'm not sorry at all. I think it's very funny to pretend to buy companies. <laughs> You know, the, the 90 chess move would be to, like, win $600 million, 
actually in my own heart love Wizards of the Coast and therefore pull that scam on like their biggest competitor and destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh no, it looks like accidental monopoly. Uh oh. You can print anything you want, including my stupid bullshit, and you'll never go out of business. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, you're right. That that is the ninety. That's the way to do it. Um, let's go to our next segment. This next segment is brief. It's an easy one. I think we'll get to the end of this in no time. I don't want you to give me a list. I don't want you to say any names. I want a number. We're going for a number here, but you can talk through how you arrive at the number. Charlie. How many people do you love? <laughs> wow. Do they have to be people? I I would yeah, I don't I I I I would be surprised to learn that the answer to the question, how many animals do you love, was zero. So, but I, we are talking about people here. Oh, it, my number would be a lot higher if animals were included. I I think that, that that's certainly true for me. That's probably true for a lot of people. We were specifically people, living people, and not like uh, imaginary people, and not people, not characters in fiction. Body pillows. Not body pillows, even if they are shaped like a man. Um, I'm going to go with one. One. That's extremely fair. Uh, and I'm not going to comment further on how I reached that number. That Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's very reasonable. I think we're going to ask this again. I like that, though. One. Charlie, it's time for our next segment. This is a more common one. Charlie, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Dovetailed with all the smoking of meat that I've been doing, my buddy brought over some takeout Peruvian chicken the other day. Off to a good start. I haven't had that in a while, and I remembered how much I liked it. And one of the things that I remembered how much I liked was the yellow sauce. You get a yellow sauce, and you get a green sauce. And I decided that on Thursday for the Penn State game, which I'm trying to con some people into watching, I'm going to try to grill or smoke chicken drumsticks, and I'm going to try to make that yellow sauce, which the internet has informed me is called aji amarillo sauce, or I believe that basically means yellow pepper sauce. And the recipe I found has chopped green onions, mayo, sour cream, queso fresco, aji amarillo peppers or paste, ketchup, lime juice, salt, and pepper. <laughs> Some fun twists at the end, but I like this overall very much. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to refrigerate it for the amount of time it says is the minimum. I have no idea if it's going to be like the sauce that I always have had from Peruvian chicken places around here, but every single one has the exact same green and yellow sauces, and they they taste the same from every place. So I don't know if it's going to come out like that, or be good, or be both. Obviously, if it tastes like the ones from the restaurants, it will be good, because it is really super good. That would be a weird twist, if it tasted kind of like those, but sucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know how I did this, but I appear to have done it. Uh, also a fun twist is if it kicks ass but doesn't taste like those sauces, which of the two feels much more likely. I think That's you're most likely. likely to get a good sauce that tastes like the others, but it would be pretty funny if this was very good and a plainly different sauce. Mm-hmm. But that, that, That's a very exciting sauce to bring to the table. How many times did you estimate you have had the like takeout version of this sauce? Oh, I used to work like a block from one of these places. So at one point I started going there for lunch like once a week. So I would have it like, I don't know. I've had it probably like 30 times. Okay. I I was going to say, I was going to estimate dozens. Uh, So it it sounds like you are going to be an excellent judge of, uh, of how good a job you do. 
mm-hmm. which is a, a, a good thing to have in your back pocket when you go into making a sauce. I've had it a lot of times, and I just had it. So yeah. I'm, so you're gonna and you're not gonna lie to yourself. You're gonna know the truth. You're gonna you're gonna consume. You're gonna have have the good stuff, and you're gonna eat the sauce, and you're gonna know both sides. Is it good? Is it right? Mm-hmm. I I and you say this is gonna happen Thursday. Is that correct? That's right. I intend to release this episode on Friday. Whoa. So I guess things would be perfectly aligned if you could hold it back and then after the podcast comes out, let everybody know how the sauce does. You you might need to remind me to tell people because I might be um, catatonic after Penn State not only loses to Purdue on Thursday, but also loses me $5 on the bet that I made for them to cover oh, three and a half points. Do you have $5? Are you sure you should have made that bet? Uh, I'm not going to have – I don't have it anymore. It's in escrow. <laughs> it's already gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that money's been written off and then some. Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about college football. This is Penn State's first game. Yeah. Why is it on Thursday night? I have no fucking idea. That's weird. Yeah, it's it's really weird. They're trying to do all kinds of like, first of all, you know how now if you want to watch a TV show, you have to figure out which of the 20 fucking screaming services it's going to oh, debut And it's on. not on one of the three you have access to. So now it's who yeah. who's got a password, who's who's got a free trial. Yeah. yeah so this is like, on some goofy bullshit. It's like, oh, you want to see the new Jennifer Lawrence movie? It's debuting on Discovery Plus, motherfucker. <laughs> so this is this is not on anything crazy. But I did notice, in addition to them trying to, like, splatter college football games across every day of the week, they also are now splattering across every service. So just in the first half of the season, because half of Penn State's games are, are TBA on network, but... Penn State Wait, is on TBA right now on where they're going to be on certain. Yeah. Like on half the games, it's TBA on network. I think that's lo- they don't not have contracts that lock this stuff in. What's going on? I think it's because they can't tell you whether it's going to be on ABC, ESPN or ESPN. Oh, so two, like one single all... company owns it and they haven't figured out which is And they might put it on some weird streaming service they happen to own. It's like, actually, we just bought Pluto TV. And guess what? Assholes? <laughs> that's where it is. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money putting Big Ten games on a free TV streaming yep. service. That's where the Maryland and Rutgers <laughs> games are going to end up. Yeah, by the end of this, like Maryland and Rutgers get to stay in the Big Ten, but they just play each other ten times a year. On Pluto TV. And all the games streaming. are on Pluto TV, and Pluto TV now costs $100 a month. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but they're, they are on not only um, – they're on ESPN, I believe, regular Fox, also FS1, and the Big Ten Network, already slated in the first half of the season. And then I'm assuming the TBAs are, because I don't know if it's going to be ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2, but for all I know, it could even be another Fox game where they don't know if it's going to be on Fox or FS1 sure. or FS2, which now also exists. I mean, there's probably like stuff in the contract where they're like, you know, what is it, horse trading or whatever. They're like, well, you give us this game on the 17th and we'll give you this one on on the 30th and they're back and forth. And it's just a huge. So I guess the better they do, the, the better the channels you get to watch the, the team on. Well, like if they, if so, they lose all their games at the beginning, then they're going to be on ESPN3 and Pluto the rest of the oh, way. fuck. Which will be annoying because I have made the very questionable decision. After being – I could never tell you how happy I was that I decided to get rid of cable at the beginning of January and stopped paying. Whatever I was paying for cable was like pretty, pretty outrageous. Uh, and now I just have Verizon Internet for $40 a month. But – when I had com, uh, Cox Communication Internet and cable, it was like two forty a month or something, uh, and realized that the one thing that you still can't get enough of is any kind of sports if you don't have some kind of premium shit, because there's no good like streaming thing you can just sign up for. Everything is 
you know, diversified yep. across all of these networks. So I got YouTube TV now, which is $65 a month. So more than my whole internet package from which I got every possible kind of entertainment, you know, like all I, I could watch YouTube and like Pluto TV all year round and never run out of stuff that I would want to watch. But now I have, I have YouTube TV, which I signed up for. I was like, oh, cool. I haven't had cable. I, I'm going to take a look at all the stuff I'm going to want to watch. Go through the 85 channels right after I signed up on like a week weeknight. And I was like, there's not a single fucking thing that I want to watch. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get some use out of this crap. So I've been watching the Little League World Series and the U-20 Women's World Cup tournament on FS1, which the starry-ass United States lost in right the, at the beginning, too. So I couldn't even pretend like it was to follow the United States team. That sucks. Um, the place I, I currently live in, like, a condo building – and I get internet and cable with the rent. And I hadn't had cable in many years. And I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. Got cable. I think I watched I watched a handful of Cubs games at the beginning of the season before I was like, oh, I'm tired of this again. And I recorded a bunch of movies off of Turner Classic Movies on the DVR. And I've watched like three of them. But otherwise, nothing. If I had the choice between free cable and $5 a month off the rent, I'd take the $5. It doesn't do me any good at all. Who cares? Like, I just, it, it just, that's, that's kind of the thing is that, like, we've got all these streaming services and they've made streaming a big mess. But don't worry, cable f- fucking blows now too. There is a period where if you still had cable, you just had everything. No, all that's garbage as well. Everything, everything just sucks. The answer is pay for 30 different streaming services, $600 a month. That's what's good. Everything else is a fucking joke. And also, when you buy those streaming services, they're going to take stuff off and stop letting you watch them. Oh, yeah. Really good system. Let's go back to 2008, and I want to I go back and pay $85 a month for DirecTV without HBO. That was way better than what we get now. There needs to be some kind of reckoning. Yeah, we're going to get a reckoning, but it's going to be in the bad way. Charlie, it's time for our final major segment. You ready for this? Mm. Let's talk about your high school experience. Charlie, where did you go to high school? I went to Central Dauphin High School. Just That's outside Dauphin, like the dude from, uh, what the hell is that? That's uh, Huck Finn, right? The Dolphins hanging out with Huck Finn all the time. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, I don't know. I don't Is it D-A-U-P-H-I-N? Yeah, the Dolphins. That's not a word you use a lot these days. Yeah, and it's pronounced wrong because although they say Dolphin County in in Harrisburg, it's really the Dauphin who was the uh, heir to the throne of France and I believe actually means Dolphin in French. So really? For reason, yeah, I believe that they actually <laughs> appropriated that as like the nickname of the heir, the heir to the throne of France. They basically called the dolphin. So the dauphin. Well, I thought I had the Huck Finn thing. You seem to know a lot more about dolphins than me, but boy is, Oh, dauphin is French for dolphin is like, no, you fucking moron. You don't know it. This is the dumbest guy you ever met. He says, Dolphin is French for dolphin. But I could be wrong. No, no. Mean, I, I believe you, though. I just think idiot. it's it's like what a dumb guy would say. Like if you just <laughs> ask some dude who's like hanging out at the gas station. He'd be like, yeah, I know that word. French for dolphin. Yep. It says on Wikipedia the word dauphin is French for dolphin. At first, the heirs were granted the county of Viennois. And they called him the dauphin of Viennois. So I don't, I don't I, you may have said it and I missed it. Uh, uh, do you know why your, your school was named that? Uh, that's the name of the county. So it's Dauphin um, County. And yeah. do you know why the county is named that? I don't. I, I think maybe there was like some kind of time when the Dauphin of France visited that place maybe. I think Central and Western PA was part of New France at one point before the English annexed it after the French and Indian War. Because George Washington marched all the way up there toward Pittsburgh to fight the French 
um, in the French and Indian War, or before the French and Indian War. I guess it precipitated the war. But the English settlers in like right along the East Coast were trying to fuck with the French who were going down all the riverways from like you know the Great Lakes down into like Western Pennsylvania and Michigan and stuff. But other than that, no, I really I don't have a good answer. I think that is a good answer. Uh, where, okay, so how how big was your high school? We've established where your high school was. Uh, population. Um, it was like my graduating class was like 450, 460 kids, something like that, I think. And each class after me was a little bit bigger. So however many kids that is, like 1,800 kids probably at the high school or 1,900 sure. kids at the high school. My high school that I went to, the building opened in the mid to late 50s and was so insanely overcrowded when I was there from 97 to 2001 that – you literally couldn't like walk to your next class almost like you had to like, cram out in the hallway, like slug along shoulder to shoulder with people. You could barely get into your locker in between classes. And every single teacher had a policy that you didn't actually have to be in their room before the bell. You had like two minutes. after. <laughs> it is the bell. too much to ask. That is literally impossible. If we say that, then seven kids are getting it every time and it's not fair. Yeah, the halls were still just jammed shoulder That's to shoulder crazy. when the bell would ring. And as an adult looking back on it, it is unconscionable that this shit was going on. But as a kid, you didn't know any better. You just accepted it because it was just all you knew. But within two or three years of me graduating, I think, um, they had opened a giant new high school with like a big campus area, and they turned my old high school into a junior high. Nice. Uh, the high school that I went to is also now a junior high. Very much like, like uh, the, the school I went to in Avon eventually consolidated with another school. And so like the kids from my town go to that school for high school, but the kids in the other town come down to Avon to go to junior high. And it, it seems to work out well. I, I don't, let me tell you, I don't talk to a lot of junior high and high school kids in the town where I grew up these days. Uh, what was your what was your school's mascot? I really want it to be the Dolphins. I wish that would be smart, right? Yeah. If it's smart, it's probably not something that uh, some people that run a high school in Harrisburg are going to come <laughs> up with. Uh, we were the Rams. It's not bad. I got nothing against Rams. It's first off worst possible. I mean, I guess the worst name. Any racist thing, what in any <laughs> direction, but short of that. Uh, you don't want it to be like the Wildcats or whatever the boringest thing is. And, and Rams is somewhat common, but nowhere near as common as a lot of things. And it does it does evoke the right kind of stuff as far as like we are stern and strong-headed and powerful and we don't give up. That's fun. The Ram, not necessarily the most fun animal. Did, did, did you enjoy being a Ram? Yeah, I didn't know any better. It seemed okay. Did you did a, you consider yourself a ram when you were in school? Uh, I don't recall anybody like it trickling out into the the zeitgeist other than for like the sports teams. Yeah. It, I don't think there was a lot of like hype about the fact that we were rams. Damn, like, it feels good to be a ramster. Not much not much going on with that. Uh, there was, I, I do, I did think it was funny that there was both like there, like with the Mets, there was like a boy and a girl mascot. Ooh, I like, like this. A boy cheerleader and a girl cheerleader in a, a masculine and a feminine Ram like suit that would walk around. Like, so the girl Ram had like big eyelashes, I think. Does like the girl the Ram have the horns or is she not? I don't remember. It feels like no, but I'm kind of just basing that off a of deer. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, it, whatever it was, I'm sure it wasn't right for real rams. <laughs> Perhaps it was also, you know, like biologically inaccurate. <laughs> what would you What would you say to an outside observer? What was your high school known for? Um, I don't know that our high school was all that like notable for anything super special like what would you what would you rival like the the rival of your high school first off who was that do you have did you have a big rival so i guess nominally our high school's rival my high school is cd our rival was cd east because they had opened another central dolphin east high school because 
there's too many fucking kids already. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but anyway, they weren't even really our rival, though, because although we were bad in sports, they were much worse. Uh, <laughs> so, so you were known for being less bad at sports. I guess so. <laughs> when, when our high school's teams became better, then our rival was Harrisburg High. Okay. Uh, they were more really in the city, whereas we were in the suburbs. Um, but I don't know that – I don't think our school had any kind of like really big claim to fame of anything. They After I graduated, they were legitimately good at football. Uh, I think that our – I went to see our – when I was a senior, I went to see kids I knew – on the on the high school baseball team, play in Williamsport for the state championship. Oh wow! And get just fucking crushed by some <laughs> other school, but still, I mean, that's pretty good. So we had a good high school baseball team, and I guess we had a good wrestling team. Um, and then football was good uh, after I graduated. Uh, what activities did you participate in? Sports? Anything? Uh. Freshman year, I won the chess championship for the high school. I didn't know that. I thought you were like a later-in-life chess fan. I was not like a studious chess player or anything. Yeah, you're winning some chess tournaments, though. you got to be doing something. We we did not have a team, but... You just showed up and said, I'll take on all comers. (laughs) Who's got it? I declared myself. Who knows how to castle? Come over here. You lose next. <laughs> no, uh, the the English teacher that was like the student, like he was the, the faculty advisor for the high school newspaper, ran an after-school chess club and just organized a tournament of like everyone in the chess club plus anybody else who wanted to sign up, which was like a small number of people. So it wasn't like a huge deal. Uh, and it was, so like, if there was a team, I'm sure that there would have been a lot more like organized interest in chess. Like the teacher probably would have suggested improving, you know, if he was a team coach or something, but instead it was just come play chess, do whatever you want. So the fact that I won to me didn't seem like that super big of a deal because Mm -hmm. it's not like anybody was coming in to play in the, the chess club who was like bringing books and like drilling like openings or anything. Yeah. But what I hadn't kind of realized and thought about at the time was that it was for the whole, whole school. So there was an assembly where they, like, called me up on stage to give me, like, an award for winning the high school chess tournament. I was like, oh, I just – it was just whoever was in the classroom. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they made a big deal about it. And then I was like – afterwards, I was like, wow, actually, this is really cool. I'm going to get better at chess and try to win it every year and then talk about how I'm the fucking greatest. And you know what? That teacher left the school after that year, and then the chess club ceased to exist. So there never was another tournament. So maybe they've done it again since I graduated. But as far as I'm concerned, I am the four-year chess champion by default. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea that you 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 might still be the champion of that chess uh, champ the chess champion of that school today. Yeah. Forever. That's beautiful. But that uh, was not really defining for my high school experience. What was defining for my high school experience was that after my freshman year, I joined a club called Youth and Government because there was a girl that I liked who was in it. And as soon as we went to the very first meeting, they announced that we had so many people signing up for Youth and Government that they had to split into two clubs. And the two clubs were hardly ever going to see each other for the rest of the year. And she joined one club, and I joined the other club. And I didn't. I would have literally just joined whichever club she joined, because that's why I joined. Yeah. But they didn't really tell us which one we were signing up for, and they like split us up. And then he split us up into two different clubs, so I was in the other one. So I almost seriously almost was like, "Yeah, fuck this." Yeah, like, fuck I'm am I so even doing mad. this for? This blows. Yeah. But instead, it ended up being a way for me to become a lot less shy, a lot more into public speaking. And by the end of the year, I ran for club president and won. And so I became the first person who was ever a president as a junior because I won at the end of 10th grade. So 11th grade, I was the president. And then I got elected again the the end of that year. So I was also the only person who was ever the president of the club twice. I'm glad that that worked out for you. But I don't really like stories where people do stuff that is hard and they don't want to do it. And it turns out to be good for them. (laughs) Like... 
I wish that instead you had like got stabbed or something because you were on this club, and if only you had quit, that would be a better story to me. Well, if this helps, uh, it gave being the president of my club uh, filled me with hubris. Now we're going. So I ran for governor of the entire state youth and government program. Was hoping for state of Pennsylvania, but still pretty good. What did I say? You said like the entire program. I was hoping you ran for governor of Pennsylvania. And they're like, well, you're not eligible. I was like, don't care. I got the will to win, baby. I ran for the governor in the program for the whole state and got just dunked on. And then I ran for student council president at the end of 11th grade and also got just dunked on. So Why'd you get dunked on in these things? Who who's so good that was, was, was were you going up against John Fetterman? Was he there? Was he like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do it instead." <laughs> no, uh You guys are the same age, right? Yeah, I think so. So, uh the governor thing, there were way more serious people in it than me. Like I They probably been doing it for a while and not just to impress a girl. They the only well, I mean, realistically, they could have probably only been doing it for one year more than me, one year longer than me if they had done it in ninth grade. But they would come to the thing at the end of the year uh, in Harrisburg at the state capitol building that we all would do. It was like a long weekend. You stayed in hotels and spent all day doing this stuff. And they would show up and they like cared about real political issues and economic issues and legislation in in real life and they would talk about it and i was like uh, i don't give a fuck about any of that crap <laughs> because what i didn't know at the time was i didn't actually like politics i liked the club and i did like stuff like writing legislation the, the, like, the club probably did cool stuff i thought that was cool and i guess if real life politics was about writing legislation and fixing problems you know, Parks and Rec style, it would be actually probably fun for almost everybody because it would be all about collaboration and solving real world problems. But politics is about being a huge dickhead. And so I didn't like that. And so when these guys that were credibly like, you know, maybe material to be politicians someday, like local sleazebag politicians. Like, oh, I've been a dickhead for years. <laughs> yes. I was completely out of my league with them, and I had no fun trying to run against them for governor. So, Yeah, you're better sucked. off. Charlie, I have one last high school question for you. Did you go to prom? I went to three proms. Three proms! That's like... The, uh, it's about the most you can go to. It's almost the most. The same number of years of going to prom as being in youth and government. So perhaps the becoming less shy experience uh, was somehow related to that. Okay, so where I went to school, you could go to here, – here's how you get to go to the junior prom. You are a junior. And here's how you get to go to the senior prom. You are a senior. Now, at least in Avon, these are the same prom. You just call them different things because you're a different age, but it's just one prom. But if you want to go to the prom three times, what you got to have is an older person ask you to go. Is that how it was where you grew up? Yes. I did not go to any junior proms. When I was in 10th grade, I took a girl from a different school to her senior prom. When I was in 11th grade, I took a different girl to a different school's senior prom. And then when I was a senior, I went to my own school senior prom. So you just kept cleaning up on those seniors. How you know all these seniors? So I thought until legitimately this afternoon that this is, I, this could be such a bad thing you're about to say. <laughs> I thought that I was probably just because I was personable and kind of cool and mature for my age that all these girls wanted to go to the prom with me just because I was a fun date. And then I was thinking about it because I knew you were going to ask me. And then this afternoon, as I was taking a walk and thinking about it, I thought they probably wanted to go with me because I was so obviously not going to hit on them or like be a real credible choice of a guy that they would hook up with that I was a really great safe option to be a prom date. So kind of the opposite of being a big-time pimp dude. But at the same time, as a grown-up thinking back on it, I thought, 
to myself, yeah, that's fine. I was going to say, I think you're softening it a little bit. I think a lot of it is he won't be a creep who says, I took you to prom. You have to have sex with me. I certainly did not say and, that. And, and boy, would that, that that's a terrible thing to say. But honestly, if you are a senior woman who wants to go to prom and you, you're trying to find a cute guy and you're looking around, you're like, that guy might legit say, like, you know what you have to do because of this. And the fact that they didn't think that of you is a good thing. Yeah. Extremely a good thing. And also the fact that you weren't like, oh, I know that we have no <laughs> relationship, but here's what happens now. That That's fucked up and that's a disaster. So I, I think that's a feather in your cap. I Let me tell you, I didn't have any – I didn't go to three proms. I didn't have anybody, any old ladies compared to me as a 14-year-old. Like, oh, boy, if only Johnny Rhodes would go to prom with me. Ain't nobody say that to me. I, and I, it's not like I knew all of them. You know, It's not like any of these people were like – Somebody was like, hey, my friend from this other school needs a prom date, so do you want to go to the prom with some girl you never met before? Like, I knew all of them, so. I think you're living well. I think you're continuing to do so based on what we've heard today. Charlie, we have time for just one final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I have three things to plug. Three things? Oh, boy, here we go. I want to indulge myself. So... The first one is something that I've been enjoying a lot, but probably most of our group isn't going to be too keen about, but it is it is a cute idea. So I Chewing tobacco, right? Everybody, I want everyone to start. I, I've, I'm hyping clove cigarettes. <laughs> a great alternative. No. <laughs> uh, they're just as bad for you, but they're more fun. <laughs> no, uh, dovetailing with the D&D talk, um, there is this live D&D game on YouTube uh, that College Humor created called Fantasy High, which is a um, uh, blending of fantasy tropes with John Hughes Breakfast Club type tropes. That's pretty so fun. It's like an adventure high school where like, there's ang- all the characters are like different like caricatures, like an angsty, like rebellious girl, a religious girl who's like losing her faith and falling in with the wrong crowd a like really dweeby nerdy kid that carries a briefcase and gives out business cards to his friends and teachers like all those tropes and i bet there's like the star quarterback who really wants to hang out with the cool kids and listen to the smiths yeah there's there's a there's a nervous jock kid whose dad is super rich and like pays the coach to put him on the team, but then Ooh, the coach nice. won't put him on the team at all, even though he is the best like athlete. And so his father's very overbearing and demands that he like get involved in everything. But of course, it's not just the tropes, the high school tropes. His father's a pir- a retired pirate <laughs> who's loaded with. <laughs> he got enough doubloons. He doesn't have to keep going out on the ship anymore. It must be exactly. nice. Exactly. And his father is such a such a brazen pirate that to live in his ma- pirate ship as a mansion, he literally just dragged the pirate ship onto land in the middle of the city and lives <laughs> in it. And no one is ever no one's brave enough to tell him that he can't do that. It's really cute. Uh, they have dwarves who are skater boys who, <laughs> when they worship their like ghost ancestors, they worship for their ghost ancestors to sponsor their rad skateboarding videos. I love it. So I don't know how many people are going to be interested in that, but it's on um, – They're all the people are comedians because it's on college humor. So they're all this charismatic and funny as it is. More people would probably be interested no, you in You say that that's called Fantasy High. Fantasy High. And we can find it on YouTube. It's a channel called Dimension 20 that I believe had several other games, but the first one I think that they ever did was the Fantasy High one and probably okay. the most popular. Very cool. Sounds like a good thing to check out. What do you got next? This probably people already know about, but I've been blasting through the back catalog 10-plus years of How Did This Get Made, the Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, June Diane Raphael podcast where they talk about bad movies. It's just really funny. So people that would be interested in that probably already know about it, but um, I signed up for Stitcher Premium, and now I can like listen to all their old shows. You can listen to some of them on Spotify for free, though, if people have Spotify. And the last thing I'll plug is just the Ren Fair. So I'll send a picture out to the group after this conversation, apropos of nothing, and then people can – it'll be like guerrilla marketing for the podcast that's going to drop on Friday. I'm really excited to see this picture. 
And I also, I've never been to a run fair, but the idea does appeal to me. And I, I, I feel like late summer, early fall is like that's when most of these things take place, right? It depends. There are actually some I found out that take place in the dead of summer and something that takes place in the spring. But the Maryland Renaissance Fair is like last week of August till like the next to last week of October. It's hot, hot as shit still. So it's that. Especially part. if you're a giant metal mask, I bet. <laughs> that part sucks. I had a lot of people come up to me. I had like the mascot syndrome where since I'm like. I look like I am a mascot. People are like brazen about coming up and yeah. talking to me. Like I want to talk to them. Just grab your ass okay. and shove you and like, I'm your best friend. Like, buddy, I don't know who you are at all. Every girl just ramming her hand up my dick. You know how it yeah. is. Putting no, your it... hand up your mask, like trying to see if you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, even though it was so hot, I had a really good time. And I, I'll describe it to you the way I described it pretty succinctly to my buddy Jim, who I got to go for both him and Tara had never gone to a run fair before, so both of them had never gone when we went uh, on Saturday. It's like a tailgate party for a football game because you can drink all you want. There's just food and drinking, and there's stuff to do and stuff to see, but there's no football game to go to. It's just the tailgate party, so I guess it's also kind of like a carnival, but I never like go to carnivals. Um and a lot of the people are dressed up because they're huge nerds. So it's like a carnival, but it's full of huge nerds. So if you like nerdy stuff at all, you're already in a great environment full of people that you think you could probably like hanging around. It sounds incredible. We should all go check out all of these things. Charlie Yorty, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had an excellent time. Same. Thank you for having me. Best wishes in the intervening days.